Welcome to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I'm Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning in the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate each and every single one of you. And now let us begin. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to a brand new study, The Importance of One Another. This is going to be a multi-part series. And we're going to see the different dimensions of one another and the importance of one another in the scriptures. I don't know how far we're going to get into today specifically, but I pray that you would be blessed during this time of study. This importance of one another is something that I've been working on for a while and it's uh, not perfected, but um, the importance of it is, is really huge in the workplace. We need it in our families. We need it uh, with ourselves. We need it. Uh, we are not meant to be islands. Uh, we need one another. And, Jesus Christ had a passion for his his children, his believers to be united together. So and you can read that in John chapter 16 and 17 specifically chapter 17. Um that was his high priestly prayer and his intercessory prayer that we be united in him because he is one with the Father and we are one with him and we can be one with the Father. So it's a it's a really uh, graceful domino effect. And the basis of this study comes from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, which reads as follows. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So that is the basis of everything that we are doing. And also before we really truly get started, um, I want to take a moment to say that if this microphone that I have, it's, it's a new one. I'm working, I'm still working out the kinks. If there is some static while I'm, while I'm speaking, I do humbly apologize. I thought that this was going to be the end all be all of my, of my problems because what I was using before was the, uh, my, some of my AirPods and that, that sound was just not as crisp. So I was recommended this, and I'm hoping that um, that this can be figured out. It might just be my phone that's the problem. So again, I'm just kind of throwing that little disclaimer out there. I apologize. Uh, please hang with me, though. Uh, this is a, a study that will be uh, really focused on, and be I think we'll be all be blessed because of it. And I know that I'll be blessed uh, going through it because it's such a powerful reminder of the importance of others. So. Philippians chapter 2, 3, verse 4. This is the heart of the study. Not only ought we to be this way to fellow believers, but to believers um, sometimes that we uh, don't see eye to eye with, or to unbelievers who need this demonstration of humility, which shows the goodness and the heart of Christ. As his representatives and, and ambassadors, as his followers, as those who are to imitate Christ, this is the best way to live as Christ did on earth. Humility leads to the betterment of others 
and faithful, loving obedience to our Heavenly Father. So, the importance of one another, and and I cannot hammer this point home any any harder. I, I mean, I could be yelling, obviously, but that doesn't really uh, benefit a lot of people. But listen to Philippians chapter two, verse three, three through four, and then we'll start getting to our other scriptures. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. But with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Today, you need to put others above yourself. Whether it's your family, your friends, co-workers, or even the people that cannot stand you. And that is a hard pill to swallow. And verse 4 says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. It's easy to look out for number one. You have people all over the place saying you got to take care of yourself first before you can take care of other people. You got to love yourself more than other people. And as much as I think you do need to respect for yourself, but you need to be looking out for other people to regard one another as more important than yourselves, but also to look out for the interests of others. And the question is, is when was the last time you looked out for others' interests rather than your own? That's a really important question. So I think what we need to understand here is that this is part of that transformed mind that comes from being reborn and regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Because the world doesn't think like this. It, it's a great thought. It's something that we strive for, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen as consistently as it should. Just look at the, just look at the people uh, today. And just look at people in general. This is not casting judgments. This is just what you see. And a lot of times, people are all about self. What's in it for me? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this if I'm not gonna get anything from it. Last year, in uh, in the school, you know, I'm a second grade teacher, and you, ha- I had people, teachers that have been veterans for 10 plus years, basically saying to the authority, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. It's a waste of my time. Literally will say that right to that person's face. Now, again, uh, some of the leaders uh, are, you know, not confrontational and they're, they're a little bit uh, shy when it comes to things. And so people, instead of submitting to that authority, they take they take it for granted and they take advantage of it. And what happens is, well, a lot of chaos and a lot of uh, severing from that that relationship of employer to employee, and in this situation, employee to employer. And so, if you are focused on one another. 
You are not focused completely on self. Now, don't get me wrong. You, uh, you need to take care of your spiritual life first. You need to look out for yourself in that regards because we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But part of that salvation, part of that that we work out is with one another. He tells us to love one another. Well, you're going to have to be around people that, in order to do that, to encourage one another, to be devoted to one another, to have the same mind, to serve one another. You can't serve people if you're not around them. And it's 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 a hard thing to do because there's a, there's plenty of people out there with different personalities, and there are people out there that just do not mesh perfectly well with you but we have to overlook that we have to forgive that and be patient now listen to the commandment jesus gives us in john 13 34 a new commandment i give you that you here's the first one love one another even as i have loved you so that you also love one another We as Christ's disciples must obey every command found in Scripture. Love is not an emotional feeling we get. Love is a command. And if you want any more information about love, I would highly recommend, not because I did it, but I would recommend going on to the Living Parables podcast. And I did a three-part series on love. I would just greatly encourage you to check that out. It's, it's a good study, and it, it really opens uh, the eyes to what love actually is. So let's go one verse over from John 13, 35 now. It says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So if you want to be known as Christ's disciple, if you want to be known as a Christian, you are to demonstrate that, and people will know that, by your love for one another. Also, being devoted to his word, continuing in his word. Those are two huge aspects of being a Christian. John fifteen twelve says, this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. John fifteen seventeen, just five verses later. This, is, this I command to you, that you love one another. So, Jesus is hammering home. Not just a suggestion, but he's saying, you need to love one another. And and here's the beautiful thing about Christ. He commands it, but he says, okay, do you you really want to know if you're my disciples, truly my disciples? If you have love for one another? And guess what? Those disciples did not get along all the time. I mean, if you remember in the book of Acts, John Mark, and you may not know him, we'll have to do a character study on him, but, you know, he, uh, in the ministry with Paul and Barnabas, his uncle, hey, they were, uh, they were serving. They were in the mix. Things were getting tough. You know what Barnabas did? 
telling his, you know, his nephew that, hey, things are going to get rough here. And uh, John Mark just got maybe a little bit, uh, he got a little homesick, got a little, got a little scared. You know what he ended up doing? He ended up running home to mama. Taking his ball and going home. He got too much. But what happened towards the end was a beautiful part. Because Barnabas wanted to take his nephew, John Mark, to the second missionary trip with Paul. And Paul was like, I don't think so. And Barnabas is like, well, why not? Well, because he deserted us before. We, we, we can't have anybody that's going to hold us back and not be all in. Well, I think he's changed. He, he's, he's, become, he's become brand new. I, still, I don't know. I don't, it makes me really nervous. There was a sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. Sharp. I mean, it was a heated exchange. And here's the reality, people. Towards the end of Paul's life, John Mark became a very big encouragement to Paul. And Paul said to greet him because he's been of great use for me and for the gospel. So we may have differences. We may have things that we... We and others may have problems with the things we say, we do, and it may hurt our feelings, it may hurt others. Um, That's why we need to be quick to forgive and quick to apologize. But the reality, my friends, is that we need to, to love one another and not an emotional type of love. That is not real love. If you want real love, again, go look at 1 Corinthians 13. As a matter of fact, since we're since we're doing that, and I'm just going to read this to you uh, relatively quick, because I think just it's people misunderstand what what love is, and it and it's and it's nothing really on their end that's it's their fault, but it's but it's a big deal. So verse four of First Corinthians chapter thirteen. This is what love is when Jesus is saying. Love one another, love one another, love one another. It's how are we to love one another? Love says love is patient. We need to be patient with one another. Love is kind. We need to be kind to one another. Not jealous of one another. Not bragging in front of other people. Not arrogant. How many people are fit in that category? It does not act unbecomingly or another... Another word for that is very rude. So it's not rude. It doesn't seek its own. Wow, doesn't that sound like Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4? Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Doesn't that sound very familiar? Hmm. It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked. It takes a lot to, prov- to provoke a Christian that is full of love, the love of Christ. 
Isn't that hard to do? We get provoked so easy. That shouldn't be us. And this is a huge one right here. This is huge. Listen, love does not take into account a wrong suffered. It means it doesn't keep record of wrongs. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know you hurt me. I know you deserted me. But I still love you. I still want to encourage you. That's powerful stuff. Yeah, I know you did this to me years ago, but I've already forgiven you of that. It also does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. And love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and it never fails. That is the kind of love that we're talking about. We're not talking about some Hallmark movie uh, love that that <laughs> ends with, uh, you know, happily ever after. And people, you know, holding hands, skipping down in a field of lilies. That's not what love is. And the world is twisted what love is. Even people say that um, a sexual relationship is, that's what love is, making love. That's not love. That's not love. Don't be confused on that. But the world, that's what, when you, when you, when you, when you hear that word love and you see that word love, it's a lot of times it's attached to a marriage, which it, it should. But the very first thing you should think of when you hear the word love is God. Because we just did a, we just did a study just, I don't know, not that long ago our, in our study in first John Chapter four, God is love. And so God is love and we are to imitate him as found in Ephesians chapter five, verse one. So if that's the case, then we need to be like him in loving one another. And how patient, how patient, how loving, how forgiving is God? Very, very. And the beautiful part about the Bible is that it was divinely orchestrated through thousands of years. And we have the complete divine revelation of God in, in, found in the Bible. And you can see the goodness of God, the provisions of God, the patience of God, the forgiveness of God, and the love of God throughout the course of thousands of years. And guess what? His, none of his promises never fail. He has never failed, and he will not fail you. But what we fail to do is we fail to trust in his promises. We fail to trust in his goodness. And we don't take his word seriously. Because if we did, we'd be doing the things we ought to be doing. Now let's look at Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. We need to be devoted to one another. We need to be devoted to one another. And I'm going to share with you very quick on what that word means, devoted. We know what the word devoted means, but when you actually start, stop and think like, well, how can I explain this to somebody? What does devoted mean? 
Well, I'm going to go and give you the actual definition. In uh, Romans 12, 10 is where we're at. It says, be devoted. It means tenderly loving, kindly affectionate too. Okay, so as we're talking about being in this in this love that we're supposed to be, we're devoted to each other in love. And and it's a it's a honestly it's a special affection shared between members of God's family. Because ultimately we are all serving the same God. But our personalities get in the way. And our uh, preferences get in the way of God. And if you just look at the world in general right now, it's it's really it's a divided world. It's split, and there's so many things out there that just it brings it brings people down. It brings people down. It isolates people. And, you know, look what just happened a couple of years ago when we all had to quarantine and stay away from people. That just isolated us even more. And, and then we got back out in the world and a lot of people forgot how to treat people. So I guess, I guess the biggest thing as we start to come to the tail end of this first part of the study. This is a, it's a relatively quick study today. We are supposed to love one another. And if we are those characteristics of true agape love found in 1 Corinthians 13, if we are that to one another, what a world this would be. What a world this would be. Because if we are devoted to one another in that love, as we found in Romans 12, 10, if, we're, if we are that way, in brotherly love, I mean, we are not separate from each other any longer. When we are in Christ, we are one in Christ Serving him together. So people that are random strangers, but that are in Christ, we are now can look at each other and say, you are my brother or you are my sister. And that is a wonderful thing. Last scripture we're going to use is Romans 13, 8. Romans 13, 8. And as you're getting there, um, what I want to do is to really hammer this point home. It's talking about loving one another today. And this this is a, a challenge. But the importance of one another cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated. Christ loved loved us, gave Himself up for us, 
So we ought to do that for other people. We ought to do that for other people. So Romans 13, 8, as you've gotten there already, says, Owe nothing to anyone except, here it is, to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Now, uh, we cannot fulfill the law perfectly. We all understand that. But this is how it's done. By loving one another. Because if you love one another, you're not going to look to wrong them. You're not going to look to be arrogant to them. You're not going to look for those things. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Because a lot of us forget this. Love is patient. and Love is kind. It's not jealous. It does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act rudely or unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. Not provoked. It doesn't take in a wrong account suffered. Okay? It doesn't, it doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears, believes, hopes, endures all things, and love never fails. If you're anything that the Bible says that it's not supposed to be in any one, any one of those categories, you better fix it. So if you're not a patient person, you're not loving one another. If someone, if someone says one thing and it ticks you off to, to the point where you just blow up, that's not, that's not love. If you use your intelligence to try to bring somebody down or to lord it over them, that's not love. If you're constantly cutting people off to try to give, try to give your two cents just because you want to argue for argument's sake, that's not love. It's selfishness. It's, it's not okay to interrupt people. And what I hope this platform doesn't turn into is, is people listening to a talk for two seconds, jumping on, giving their two cents, and doesn't listen to anything else the rest of the time. They just, they just walk away. The importance of one another cannot be overstated. It cannot be overstated. Matter of fact, I know we said we were going to get ready to close, but you need to hear Jesus' prayer in John 17. Listen to this. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. May that be our prayer. Let that be our prayer. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. Understand that Jesus in verse 2, is he's acknowledging God the Father gave him absolute authority. And that if God draws you and you come to Christ in repentance and faith, in Christ and Christ alone, he's going to give you eternal life. Verse 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. He accomplished what we could not accomplish. He accomplished a perfect, sinless life. He fulfilled every prophecy that was made about him 
hundreds, even thousand years before he even came to this earth. He fulfilled him perfectly. And by the way, just so we're just so we're clear on this, because a lot of people have a hard time believing in Christ. Let, let me just say this right now. Jesus fulfilling every prophecy perfectly that was found in the Old Testament about him. The the odds of that happening would be marking a 50 cent piece, a special 50 cent piece. Placing it somewhere in Texas. You know how big Texas is. But here's the kicker. You're going to fill Texas with three feet high worth of 50 cent pieces. And a person blindfolded picks that coin out of that pile, (laughs) huge pile, perfectly. Accurately. It's powerful. Powerful. Only God can do that. Because many false prophets, many false teachers claiming to be Messiah have done so. They've claimed that, but they've failed. Only Christ can do that. So, verse 5 of John 17 says, Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. He was with God at the beginning. Remember John 1.1? There it is. (laughs) He wasn't created. He was there. He is God. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. May that be also be said of us. Please keep his word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believed that you sent me. Again, let that be said of us. Let that be said of us that we believe upon the name of Jesus Christ, that he is God. I ask, here it is, verse 9, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. Verse 11 says, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me. They may be one as we are. Powerful. That's his prayer. And he prays for those that are far off, that are us, that those who believe upon the disciples, the apostles preaching and teaching, which again, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit because it's in Scripture. He prays this that we be united as one. God takes unity very serious. And as we go through this study, 
God willing, part two will come tomorrow. So plan on God willing, if it's his will, about roughly eight, eight or nine o'clock around there. The goal is eight, maybe a little bit earlier. We'll see. If you miss any of it, you can just re-listen to it. But the importance of one another is extremely powerful. And if and those that are listening right now that just hopped on, the basis of this study comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. So uh, read those. And those... <laughs> That, that scripture is actually on the, uh, I made a poster of that. Um, I bought a poster online that I was able to uh, change, fully customize it. It's, uh, everybody else has their name on the outside of their door, like special road signs, like the like George Avenue or whatever. They have those things. I really wanted that, but they said so they couldn't do that for me. So I said, okay, that's fine. I don't need that. So what I did was I put Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 4 on the outside of, not the outside of my door, but in the hallway so people could see it. So when you come in my room, that's what you're looking at. And you're also going to look at, uh, on my door, a poster that says, Iron Sharpens Iron. So that's what you get when you're coming into my room. Um, and that's And that's the expectation. So God has set the expectation for us. That we are to, today, what we learned is to love one another and not, uh, let's see, love is not emotional, people. That, that's going to that's gonna shatter some of, your, some, of your, uh, some of your lives here. Love is not emotional. It's not an emotion. Love is a command. And love is defined in the Bible. It has been demonstrated in the Bible. It has been... Uh, shown the perfect example of love that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and that love lays down their life for their friends so Jesus did that he died he died on that cross he laid his life down so that you can come to him for eternal life because this life is short I've been hearing that a lot life is short life is short life is short yeah I'm pushing I'm pushing 40 I know I'm like well I'm already like 40 the other day I was just life life isn't about uh, eat drink and be merry life isn't about retirement life isn't isn't about finding your passion and living for yourself life is about finding Christ pursuing Christ Christ proclaiming Christ living for him because everything that we do in Christ is not in vain. It's not in vain. So, 
the biggest takeaway today, and we're going to read it to start off the session tomorrow, but really study and look at those two verses, Philippians chapter 2, verses 4. Read those. Study them. Let that be on the tip of your heart today. Let that be in the forefront of your mind. And you know what? Since we're already here, end it off with that. Do that's underlined for me. Nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for the interests of your own but also for the interests of others. That may, that's what makes a team a team. I can't speak on this. I know some of my family members were in the military. But that's what makes the military great. That's what builds lifelong friendships and brotherhoods and sisterhoods because they lay their lives down for one another. And I'm going to, if Chris, if you're listening, I'm stealing this from you because I heard the other day, I'm not sure if he's still, I'm not sure if he's here still or not, but something he said was uh, very powerful the other day. He was on a talk and he said that, you know, uh, it's not about hating what's in front of you. It's loving what's behind you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He hung on that cross, not because he enjoyed it. He didn't hang on the cross because he was forced to. He hung on that cross because you are worth it. That his, He pushed his pain off to the side because you are that important. Because he loves you that much. Yet we walk away from him every time we hear one of these talks, don't we? We run, we hide, we ignore. Why? Heaven's gates are swinging wide open. The arms of grace are extended wide open to you right now. Yeah, we brush it off and push it off to the sides. Not now. Not now. Once, I get, once I accomplish my goals first, once I get my life in order first, once I do the things I want to do, once I travel, you know, once I retire, you know, once my health starts declining, then I'll come to you. How about that? That sounds good. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out where you're at, does it? And so, there, and there's some people. There are some people that just don't know. Why well, I don't know if there's a God. I don't know if the Bible's true or not. Well, ask me questions. Talk to me. You don't ask a question on here on that on the button. Let's chat. Let's 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 get this going here. Going here. Let's, let's talk. We'll talk about it. I'll help you through that. I don't want to say I'll convince you that the but 
I have no doubt. I have no that God exists. I have no doubt that Jesus. I have no doubt about my salvation. Not anymore. Doubts that if I were to take my last breath, and I don't say that errantly. I say that as a word of caution. I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to be away from the presence of God. That's why we do what we do. So, the importance of one another, again, cannot be overstated. It cannot be overemphasized. The importance of one another, we need each other. And when was the last time you encouraged somebody else other than yourself? When was the last time you called someone and said, you know what? I really appreciate you. I'm so glad you're in my life, and thank you for all you've done. When was the last time you've done that? And I'll give you a quick story. And this is not to exalt myself. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. Yes, it's something I did, but it's not to exalt myself. It's to, it's to, it's to show how powerful it can be over something so simple. And again, I would never exalt myself. I don't like telling my own story, so just bear with me here. Very quick story. My coaches at at work, my math coach and my reading coach that help teachers out. They are, uh, well, they keep me sane, along with God, obviously, but they just, they're wonderful people. Selfless people, hard workers. And I just have made it a point to tell them consistently how grateful I am, how appreciative I am of them. I said, I I always just tell them, thank you for everything you do. I appreciate you both. Uh, You guys are awesome. You're, you're one in a million and thank you for all your hard work and the things, and thank you for doing things behind the scenes to make this school better. That, that, that goes unseen, unappreciated, unthanked. So thank you. Cause I know what it's like to do a job and not be thanked. But I don't do it. See, again, I don't, I don't, I don't do things to get glory from people. I do it to glorify God. That's the difference. If you're doing things to glorify God, you don't care about uh, worldly recognition. Who cares? And the math coach, and she's a tough lady. She goes, Nate, I can't tell you how refreshing and how rare that is. I said, what's rare? That people are saying to, that they say thank you anymore. I'm like, that's rare. I thought it was normal. Apparently it's not. So go to somebody today. Encourage them and say, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Maybe you haven't told your wife in a while. Men, you better get on that. Women, tell your husbands that. But make sure they tell you that first. I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying, though? How many, how many times do, do our spouses do things for us behind the scenes that we, we take for granted? I, I made a point to stop last night, and I, 
I told my wife, so I want to tell you that I appreciate everything you do. I don't say it enough. And I was listening to a talk that kind of spurred me in that direction. I thought, you know what? I'm going to stop and do it right now. I was in the middle of painting. My favorite thing in the world. Not. You know what I'm saying? I stopped. And you know what? It was a good moment. I talked to my brother in Christ yesterday too. Thanked him for all that he's done. And that he continues to do. See, if you live, if you live in, in thankfulness and great, in a, with a grateful heart, uh, you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need a lot of things. You don't need a lot of things. Because if you're grateful, you're not, you're not thanking yourself. Thank you, me, for giving me hell. Thank you, me, for giving me these talents and abilities to, to make all this money. Thank you, me, for everything. That'd be, that'd be weird. Because, again, it's not about you. The salvation that we have, this opportunity, is not from us. Not one ounce of us results in our salvation. Not one ounce. Thank you, God, for another day. Thank you, God, for creating everything in this world for my enjoyment. Thank you, God, for another day, another breath, another life, another sunrise, another sunset. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my family. And you can even be grateful in the times that most would despair because God's got it under control anyway. And whatever he does will be for our good and will be for his glory. So the importance of one another, encourage one another, be devoted to one another, love one another, serve one another, honor one another. Do all those things, and at the, at the base of that, at the root of that, let that be that agape love that we read several times now in 1 Corinthians 13. That's what it's about. Let all that you do be in love, right? So with that being said, I'm going to do something a little bit different as we start to end and conclude. I want to thank you for being with me today. Here's what I like to do. You don't have to do it. It's completely up to you. But if anybody has any prayer requests, uh, hit me up in the chat right now. You don't have to, but I would love to pray for you. If you're, if you're a person uh, that does not want prayer read out loud for other people to hear. Kind of put that in the notes, and then I, I won't. I'll pray on my, you know, by myself, so not everybody can hear. But if you need prayers, um, send them my way because we are all wrestling with things that are challenging us, that are causing us stress. 
making us feel uneasy, unworthy, all those things. So if you if you have a prayer request, uh, shoot it my way. Uh, if you have any questions, we're starting to get some questions on here by the grace of God, the power of God. Uh, we're starting to get some questions on here uh, being asked. And so ask away. That's what I'm here for. I want to, I want to clear up anything that's that bothers you, because God has to have the preeminence. He has to have first place in your hearts. He can't be down on on the list of of, of importance. He has to be number one. So. With that being said, um, we're going to go ahead and pray. And remember, keep uh, Charlie, Jim, okay, in your prayers. Helen B. brought him to us last week. Remember, he he and his family got into a car accident. Uh, His kids and his wife are fine, but he's in a coma. His... Uh, swelling in his brain and his head has gone down. I haven't had any updates lately, but make sure that we're praying for him. We'll pray for, we'll continue to pray for him. And I pray that uh, any brother and sister that's in here pursuing the heart of Christ, being a follower, a lifelong disciple of Jesus Christ, I pray for your encouragement. And the biggest thing I'll tell you right now is to stay in the word of God. Stay in the word, stay in the word, stay in the word. And if you're not in it, get in the word. So that's what I would say to you. So if you're not in the word, get in the word. If you're in the word, stay in the word. That's your safe place. That's your refuge. There's where the promises lie. There's where you will find the goodness of God. There you will find his attributes You will see him <laughs> providing for people, even when they doubt. God is good, and he wants you to come to him for life. But there is a catch. It has to come exclusively through the Son, Jesus. Jesus, 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 it's all about him. Everything in the Old Testament everything in the New Testament. It revolves around Christ. So do not let aspects of theology get in the way of Christ. Do not let your pride get in the way of Christ. Exalt him. Sanctify him in your heart. Honor him as king and lord of your life. Best thing you'll ever do. Pray. God in heaven, we thank you for today. Thank you for this together as brothers and sisters in Christ or people that are just curious. They 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 are wondering. We come to you and I ask you the I pray that you would show them your goodness, that you would reveal yourself. 
to them in a powerful way through the scriptures. That you would show them the importance of following you. And that has to be of first importance. Help us to take this study today of the importance of one another and to apply it to our lives and to show us, Lord, through your words, why we are so important to I want to thank you, each and every follower that has been that has graciously given me a follow. And those are just listening that choose not to follow. It doesn't matter. That, that, that stuff doesn't matter. But I thank you, God, for the people that are consistently coming here for your word. That's why we're here. We're here to honor you, here to learn about you, to know you deeper. That's the goal of this. It's not to exalt wisdom. It's not to exalt self. It's to humble ourselves and exalt you. Because you alone are worthy of praise. I pray that you be with each and every single person that's listening at this moment. There might be difficulties, hardships, stressors, whatever it is that may be that could cause anxiety and a weight that feels upon their heart. I pray that you would help them to see, Lord, that if they come to you, all who are weary and burdened, they come to you to have rest. That they would come to you for eternal life. Because that eternal life is found exclusively in your son. Be with us as we go our separate ways. Help us to be mindful of what we've heard today. And to live this life with a grateful heart. That we would take this light that you have given us and shine this light into this dark world. So that you may be glorified in all things. And it's your son's name I do pray. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, as we have concluded, I thank you for the time that you have given me, but more importantly, the time you've given to God, because time is something that, that you give that you cannot receive back. You can borrow money, you can borrow tools, you can borrow all these things, but time is one thing that you take and you give and you can never give that back. You can never get it back. So thank you today. A genuine thank you. I appreciate you all. I pray that the Lord blesses and keeps each and every single one of you and gives you peace. And remember, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything is in Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. And until next time, God bless you all.